Before we get into this week's Getting There with Gaz, we want to give love to the people that make this show possible. SeatGeek.com. If you're heading to concerts in Saratoga, in Syracuse, wherever you are up in the Northeast, if you want to find those tickets, your spot is SeatGeek.com, and we've got an offer for you. How about this? Your first purchase with SeatGeek.com with any ticket purchase over $50, you get $20 off by using the promo code Gaz. G-O-Z. Promo code GAS, $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek.com with any tickets over $50. That's right. If you're buying tickets for you and three of your friends, it's over $50. $20 off with SeatGeek.com. Our favorite spot. Again, concerts, sporting events, and more across the Capital Region, upstate New York, and wherever you are listening. SeatGeek.com. S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K.com. $20 off using the promo code GAS. G-O-Z. Wedding season is officially here. The summer is underway. I'm a day away from my wedding anniversary, and I know all about the wedding anniversary, the engagement, the proposal, all the things that happen because of my friends over at Lily and David Fine Jewelers, located at the shops of Wilton off of Route 50. Family-owned and operated business. If you're looking to make that big purchase in your life and propose this summer, you buy the engagement ring at Lily and David Fine Jewelers. Trust me, I know. Five years ago, I love saying it. It reminds me of when my anniversary is and all the good things that come after that. But I stopped in a Lillian David Fine Jewelers. They walked me through the process to find the ring that not only fit my budget, but also the ring that she is continuing to get compliments on to this day. From girlfriend to fiance to wife, Lillian David Fine Jewelers will help you make that big purchase. Now, if you've already gotten engaged, if you're already married, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, guys, you can step back a little bit. Whether it's that gift coming up to celebrate that anniversary, a birthday, holidays, and more, Alyssa, David, the crew there at Lily and David Fine Jewelers will help you find exactly what she's looking for. Bring her in as well. Check out the selection of styles, what fits her fashion, and more. Lily and David Fine Jewelers wants to help you. Check them out on Facebook as well, where they're always showing some of their new jewelry that's arriving in store. The selection is great. I got to see the location. You're going to love it. It's Lily and David Fine Jewelers, family-owned and operated business. And when you stop in, tell me you heard about Gaz's story from right here on Getting There with Gaz. This summer, maybe you've been planning for that big vacation, but the prices, whether it's gas, whether it's groceries, everything is going higher and higher with prices. You've got to find ways to save cash this summer. Our guy, Jared Lozier, Northeastern Insurance. One text, one call, one email. Just ask him, hey, Jared, can I get a quote? Can I check out my policy, whether it be my home, my car, my small business, things that you have insurance policies on that you want to make sure that you can just save a few dollars this year? All it takes is one email, J-A-R-E-D-L at N-E-Mail.com. J-A-R-E-D-L at N-E-Mail.com. A guy we'd love to hang out with. Can't wait for Sunday, July 10th. I'm sure Jared will be out there at the hideaway when we're enjoying the wide world sports competition up at Saratoga League Golf Club. Going to be a great time up there. And Jared will be there. We always say, if you say him in person, big guy, bald, red beard, that's the guy who's going to save you some cash at Northeastern Insurance, Jared Lozier. Give him a call today, 518-956-3753. 518-956-3753. Text him, can you save me money? Hear about God's talking to you about all the time on the podcast. Are you the guy who can help me save some cash? Jared Lozier, Northeastern Insurance. One more time for that number, 518-956-3753. Save it in your phone. Guy who can save me money. Groceries, too expensive. Maybe this guy is the one who can save me some cash. His name is Jared Lozier. He works for Northeastern Insurance. We love him. We're so proud to have him as a part of Godzilla Media. And now, 
on to this week's episode of Getting There with Gaz. Another edition here of Getting There with Goss, where we talk about the career journeys of athletes, coaches, media members, business owners, and more from upstate New York. I feel like this is long overdue. I, I blame Tyler McComas over at Barrett Sports Media. This guy would have been higher on the list, but he killed it. Uh, Zach Bai <laughs> out in Colorado. We're going to get to how that all happens and more. But first, Zach, for those who might not be familiar with you, let's go back to the start. A young version of Zach Bai, six, seven, eight years old. What did you want to be as a kid when you grew up? Where did you grow up? And was that same dream job you wanted when you were 18? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that, so there's a lot there. When I was six, seven years old, I was obsessed with professional wrestling. Not just like I liked it. I was obsessed. And that's, guys, one of the reasons that, you know, you and I had got along so well. One of the many reasons is that we connected on that. Um, but but I, I'm from Scotia. So I'm, I'm growing up in Scotia, New York. Um, and... Uh, I grew up without a television. Uh, I should say about the time I was seven, um, we no longer had a TV in the house. So I grew up literally like a kid from the late 1940s. I mean, even by the end of the 50s, most American households had a black and white TV. Like we didn't even have that. Um, not that we could, like, you know, couldn't go buy a TV, although, you know, things were stressful financially for us as a family um, at the time, a single mom raising two boys. Um my mom just didn't want the, the the TV in the house. So I grew up listening to the radio and I just fell in love with it. And, you know, at first I fell in love with basketball um, and, and, and radio was just something like if guys, if I wanted to be stimulated, like, and, and wasn't reading or playing with toys, like if I wanted to be stimulated, like from a multimedia, like electronic source, like I was turning on the radio. So, so that was, that was when John Sterling and Michael K were, play-by-play and color partners on the radio side. I was listening to Coast to Coast AM, late night, you know. Um, oh, oh, and quiet, please. Quiet, please. Um, my my three-year-old's still up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was, I was listening to political talk. I was So I was falling in love with radio and then falling in love with basketball at the same time and, and, and eventually transitioned from my love for basketball to my love for, for radio and, 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 and unplug the passion and work ethic that I had for basketball and just plugged it in a different outlet. So by the time I was 18, you know, hitting a bunch of stuff here, by the time I was 18, I did kind of have it in my, the back of my mind. I wouldn't probably admit it out loud, but I knew even by 18, I was sitting in my car, listening to Jim Rome on lunch, you know, I mean, like, I, 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 I knew I, uh, Zach, <laughs> look at you, look at you. That's a good memory, bro. Yeah. I was getting my emails read on Jim Rome show. And I remember Jim Rome said, do we get a affiliate in Schenectady? Why are we getting all these emails all of a sudden? Um, so yeah, I was falling in love with it. Um, and so by the time I got in college, just a couple of years after 18, you know, kind of knew like, I really wanted to try this and wanted to give it my best shot to, to get in the business. 
And by the way, before we get to nasty emails or comments, that's not how you spell Schenectady. Zach summed it up for us on our visual side. That's how Romy used to pronounce it. I'm glad you remembered that story and shared that because the jungle, man, was so different. It was so unique. It was that early time in sports radio on a national level. Yep. And you were breaking through. Uh, you shared a lot there. I think we got to go to the college basketball side of it because you're in a unique position in your life where although you love sports, you have this opportunity to play college basketball at the next level. Yeah. I, so so I became uh, maniacal with the game of basketball. I wanted to play it every day to have fun, but I wanted to work at it every day to get better. And those are two separate things. So I was busting my tail Um I was busting my tail to get better every single day. I was playing all the time. And and it was like my, you know, I never saw myself, you know, some people say like, you know, oh, I, you know, uh, I wanted to make it to the NBA or something like that. I, I never, I never thought like that. It was, I wanted to be a really good high school basketball player for Scotia and to play with my friends with that name across my chest and hopefully work hard enough where I could play in college. And, you know, only 3% of high school athletes get to play in college. Only 2% are getting a uh, athletic scholarship. So I knew I wanted to do both of those things. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do the the, the scholarship part. Um, but I busted my tail for a long, long time. Um, went to uh, the division three route my first year. Didn't have a, a great a, a time out in uh, Buffalo, New York at Hilbert College. Transferred to get re-recruited at Hudson Valley Community College and um, ended up blossoming as an individual um, and got a full scholarship offer from Brian Beery at the College of St. Rose, uh, which was some of my you know, best years of my life and met my wife there and um, was able to even parlay after I was done playing. Actually, I'll tell you a quick story. OK, so so I had I have this killer season at Hudson Valley. I set some school records. I was like nationally ranked rebounding and whatnot. So I'm going through the recruitment process and I have a, maybe like 20 division three schools recruiting me, but I had two division two schools that were recruiting me that could potentially offer me scholarship. And that was Pfeiffer in Charlotte, North Carolina and St. Rose. Well, Pfeiffer flew me down and I'm on their campus and I'm playing with their guys. I was there for two days um, and they were showing me around campus and guys, the, uh, the coach is walking me around and he said, and here's, you know, our communications, you know, building. And they showed me the studio inside the, the campus radio studio. And I'm like, whoa, those are mics. It's the studio. I'm seeing like the board. And I don't even know what it is. I'm just seeing it like Kanye in front of it, like these big boards. <laughs> right? and, all the, and, 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 and the coach, Coach Davis at the time, he said, uh, if you come to Pfeiffer, you could have your own show on campus radio, on the campus radio station. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And they offered me a scholarship, which was my dream come true. Then I go back to St. Rose and they offer me a full scholarship. But my follow-up was Pfeiffer said I could have my own campus radio show. And they got uh, a coach said, let me get back to you. He gets back to me and says, we, they have an, a, a show at the uh, campus radio station called Golden Knight Athletics. And the guy who has done it, the last two years is graduating. So there's going to be an open tryout. And they did not, they did not tell me that it was going to be mine. They said, you can try out and, you know, we can put in a good word, but you got to go take it. And it was kind of like John Calipari, like when he says he recruits kids, he's like, I'm not guaranteeing playing time. You know, 
Um, come here and you earn it. And if you do the right things, then you're going to get drafted and everything's going to work out how you want. But I'm not going to promise you stuff. So, you know, I even go back to the college recruitment process. Sports radio was still somewhere in there. And I ended up getting the show and having it for three years and getting hundreds of reps on a microphone before I even graduated college. So it was just awesome. So I, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I had to tell that story because I still remember it like it was yesterday. No, it's so important, especially for students who are trying to find ways who are in that spot of being a college athlete who might be nervous to ask the coach that's recruiting them about what their major is and what they're interested in. So many athletes are just so focused on playing time in the depth chart and they don't Think about what happens when you're a junior and a senior. So having those moments and being aware when you're taking those campus visits is so important. Now, you mentioned the on-air opportunity at the College of St. Rose. For those who don't know, there's no football program, and you're playing basketball. So because you are a college athlete, it limits the opportunities of what you're able to do, but you basically found your way to have those types of reps come for you. Yeah, uh, I did. I mean, I so I had that show for three years. Um, I graduate and, and you, you know, you were just talking to, you know, potential, you know, kids who want to get in the business. The chances are no one's going to pay you to do the job that you want when you're getting started. That's not going to happen. You, unless you have like some sort of, you know, Syracuse degree or, you know, an uncle in the business, you kind of grind your way. You, you often have to do things that you don't want to do to get where you want to go. Um, so my first year, you know, no one's going to pay me to, 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 to be a broadcaster, be a sports broadcaster. So I went right back to St. Rose the first year after I graduated and asked them at the time we had just a play-by-play guy. His name was Chad. He had no partner. He talked to himself there for two hours on the air and then he'd get on the bus with us. And so I kind of knew the dynamic, you know, you got the equipment, you, you know, set it up yourself and do the broadcast yourself or whatever. And, um, uh, I asked, can I do color for free? I don't need to get paid. At the time, they might have even been paying our guy like 50 bucks or 100 bucks a game. So I knew, I knew I was not going to get paid, but I approached it like that. It, it, it was, it, it actually took a, quite a bit of humility because there I am walking back into the same gym where I was just a player. And now I'm going to jump on this broadcast and talk about the guys who were just my teammates, you know? And that was humbling. You know what I mean? That, that's not how you picture it, but, but, but um, I just took it head on. It was just like, you do, you know, again, like you talk about the humbling process of like being able to tell yourself you've never done, you think you can do this, but you've never done it. So slow down, you know, admit that you're not that great. Try to get better. Um, so, yeah, I called a year of Division II basketball for free uh, at my alma mater and um, interning with Roger uh, Weiland at the uh, uh, a TV station spring of my senior year. You know, it wasn't too long after I graduated, maybe the first two years, you know, me and Roger ended up uh, sinking back as like a alternate, you know, um, fill in host on the old AM station that he used to work at. Um, so those are my two first, like, I guess, on air jobs, even though the money I was making was not any in the one department. And I think was maybe very I, I don't even know. I, guys, I swear to God, I don't remember it, but I might have done it for free in both of them uh, do the you know, fill in stuff. I was just so hungry to get on the air. It was just like, whatever I got to do. Rarely at the start of your career, and especially if you're sending out those resumes, no one's going to ask you how much you got paid when you were 19, 20, 22. They just see play-by-play, color commentator, division two, all that stuff is so 
so important. Now, just to add some context here for some people who might be listening in Colorado or outside of New York, you mentioned Roger Wildland, the Capital Region of State New York knows him, but just add a little context there of who Roger is in the area, what his role was in the Albany area, and what that relationship became for you too. Yeah, um, the relationship was everything. So I met Roger when I was, um, I think I was 20. It was my uh, last year, or I think it was maybe going into my last year at St. Rose. It was in the summer. And this is a, I'll, you're talking about a story I'll remember forever. It started with Brian Beery. I'm in Brian Beery's office, who's you know basketball legend, New York State Hall of Famer. He's my coach at St. Rose, uh, who I love and 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 appreciate more and more with every passing year. Um, where I'm sitting in his office, he's asking me about my plans and what you know, get my ducks in a row, or whatever for my for my last year. And uh, he, you know, I said I, I want I need an internship. That's what I really need. I, I need to you know I I, I want to be able to get in the workforce a little bit and taste it and you know whatever. And uh, while I'm sitting right there in front of him, he pulls out his cell phone, goes to his contacts, doesn't even say anything to me, picks up the phone in the office, calls uh, calls uh, Roger and says, hey, Roger, this is Brian Beery here at St. Rose, says something. He goes, hey, I think I got a good one for you. And that was the I will remember him saying that for the rest of my life. I think I got a good one for you. And he's and we starts to, you know, Roger says, yeah, I can put him in contact with me. You know, I get into contact with Roger. I get the internship. And, you know, this is this is like 2000 and uh, I guess like, you know, nine, ten, um, man, I just would do anything for Roger. You know, I just like, you know, what do you need? Uh, I remember one day is, uh, you know, like there was some sort of dry cleaning mix up and, you know, the dry cleaning was on his porch at the house and. I'm like, I'll, I'll go get it. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go, I'll go get it. You, you sure? Yes. I'll, you know, go get the dry cleaning. Just do anything, right? To try to, you know, make an impression or whatever. So then, by the second half of the internship, he starts letting me on the air to his radio show uh, back at the old AM station, and you know, so would sort of, you know, ask me questions when he had exhausted a topic, and he mix me in, and um, so that was great. And then, you know, I graduate and whatever. And then two years go by, I think, or maybe a year and a half. It was after I'd done the um, a color for St. Rose for a year. The guy at U Albany, who had the color job, left to go back to Syracuse to like work a different job or enter the, a different space or whatever. And Roger brings my name up to uh, Brian DePasquale, the old sports information director from U Albany. And the next thing I know, I have like a CD of me, you know, talking on the, you know, on the St. Rose broadcast. I give it to Brian DePasquale. We used to call it Diddy. Um, and uh, Roger had, you know, has so much stroke, you know, long tenured nature at the university. And he, you know, can kind of have a big influence on who he wants to work with, you know, and, and, and you know, made it clear that he had, you know, would, would like me as a partner. And next thing you know, after doing just one year of the Division Two hoops call, you know, I'm, I'm getting hired at the division one level. There's only 350 of those um, nationwide. I'm getting hired on the hoops and football broadcast, which typically, even if you're in that space, you kind of have to work your way through some of the other sports till you get to those two in particular. And then where well, you Albany, we had lacrosse in the spring. So it was just surreal. I think I was 23 or 23, 24 when I got the job and I was getting paid. Guys was like, wait, they're going to like, so like you Albany men are going to go play at Syracuse. And I'm going to sit courtside with Roger, who's like the number one cheese in the market, sports director for the NBC affiliate. Like, I'm going to sit next to him at courtside and you're going to pay me. It's like, (laughs) 
this is insane. It was insane. So Roger really, you know, um, is obviously means so much to the capital region, the footprint that he's made there, but his willingness to put me on, you know, and, and guys, you know, this guys in this business can have serious egos who don't want to root for guys or won't um, help a guy enable a guy for, to have success and sort of be a vessel for him. That's what Roger was for me. And um, yeah, that was, that will always be a big deal for me. And so many standouts in your career as well, getting to call March Madness games, the Peter Hooley shot, which is legendary in Albany hoops history, all these things, watching the progression of Albany football from a lower level FCS program to now playing in the best conference at the FCS level. You get to watch all that, like you said, get paid to do it as a Capital Region native, having all that happen is an incredible mark in your career. And what happens there locally in the Capital Region is changes start to happen because although you're working for the Fox affiliate, you then shift over to the ESPN radio affiliate and your roles start to change in this new space. And you get to combine both of these now as a voice for Great Dane Athletics and a talk show host. So take us through that transition from the Fox affiliate here locally to now the ESPN radio FM affiliate. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, I had always wanted to get over to um, 104.5 team there in Albany. And, you know, because because that was the FM signal and, you know, it just had more listenership. And Roger was, you know, the, the deal had nothing to do with me. The station was trying to land Roger. And again, Roger wants to work with people who he's uh, comfortable with and who he knows are going to work. And so bringing me on as a producer and organizing that show, you know, on a day to day basis, you know, he, he knew based on game prep and everything like that. We had worked together for years at that point. Roger and I called o- over 350 Division One sporting events for the University of Albany. I mean, it's crazy. And you kind of touched on some of it, you know, calling games at Duke on the women's side, March Madness, Hooli shot, you know, pushing the Florida Gators, you know, in the, in the tournament, all sorts of fun stuff. But um, it was it was a, it was the dream come true of. I'm calling the games and the games now are bought by you Albany on this station. So it made it easier as a lubricant to bring over Roger, which made it as a, a lubricant to bring me over. So the next thing you know, like that was just a dream come true. Be, doing the two hour morning show. You know, my name wasn't on the show or anything. It was Roger's show. I was definitively his sidekick. Um, but getting those reps, you know, with, with real listeners for the first time and getting feedback, no disrespect to the other place, but it was just a little bit more anonymous, you know, um, and getting getting uh, real feedback or having my friends say, hey, I heard you man, you sound pretty good. Like being able to be doing that with calling the games at you all when it was like I am get, because at the time, guys, I was doing substitute teaching in the day. I was you know doing all sorts of stuff in the morning, filling shelves and grocery stores and all, all this stuff. I was doing that so I could be on the air and flexible in the evenings with you Albany, but I got something more stable in the mornings that wouldn't interfere with my you Albany stuff. It was, it was just the best. It was the best. Now there's a question here about this travel, this eventual landing spot at 104.5, the team. That's great. I want to ask you this story. It's not to embarrass you, but I think it's a great lesson for younger broadcasters. There was another opportunity previous to the change with big board sports and everything else where 104.5, the team did reach out to you. And I think a younger version of Zach by might look back in this and say, maybe I should have made the jump. Do you know the story I'm referencing here with Armin and Levac? And okay. You're, I think it's good for younger people to know that story. Yeah. Well, are you, are you, are you talking about when Armin sort of brought me in and was like, Hey, do you, you want to come over here and, st- and start with the producer role? Yeah. And I said, no. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Yeah. So, so that was, that was, oh my gosh, that was crazy. Um, so Armin Williams, who changed my life, bringing me to Denver, he's once upon a time, the program director at 104.5, the team who, again, admittedly, I wanted to go work over there, but the, but the Albany games were, had the rights with the AM station. So it was either pick one, one or the other. Um, and honestly, at the time I'm doing the games and Armin brings me in. He's new in the market. He said, hey, I'm feeling around the market trying to see what you know, younger guys that are in the business that I should be talking to um, and maybe give them an opportunity over here. And you'd have to start from the bottom as a board op. But you knew kind of him bringing you into that meeting like he's talking to you for a reason. Your name is somehow in front of him. So he's giving you a shot here. And But it was the lowest level. It was like at the time, guys, I think it was, I don't know, maybe nine bucks an hour, eight or nine bucks an hour. And I had to make a decision, be off air and come and be a behind the scenes, you know, start off as a board op at the station you want to be at or continue to call the games for you, Albany. And at the time, being a division one broadcaster at, you know, 25, 26 years old, that was a bigger deal. Plus, I, at the time there, I think I think during that period, I was getting paid, I think, two hundred dollars per game. So like the difference of me like getting 200 bucks a game or taking a job for off air for $9 an hour, it would, I would be taking a sacrifice of my passion of being on the air and, you know, financially. And, you know, it, 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 it both of those things was just like, I couldn't believe I had to tell them. I'm like, Armin, I, I can't, I want to be here, but I can't, this is a conflict of interest and I'm choosing this other thing. I don't regret it, but I do think I will say this. Had I, had I, said yes to Armin, I probably would have, I would like to think, and this is me just being confident in myself and have a little bit of faith, but I would like to think if I had said that, said yes, then maybe I would have got to where I eventually got just a little bit quicker and, and instead of maybe four years later or something like that for maybe even five years later, whatever it was. That's exactly why I asked that question because some people will look at that and say like, okay, if I want to be a talk show host, maybe I got to go where the talk is. If I want to be a play-by-play -play guy, I got to go where the play-by-play -play is. And I think that story you told is going to hopefully teach somebody like, okay, if you've got one set mind and you know these are the opportunities, it's okay to roll with that. Just be understanding that some other things that you want to come later in your career might have a little bit of a pause button on there. Uh, it's a little bit of a pause button. I kind of like how I phrase that myself because yeah. uh, the opportunity comes in Denver. I love sharing this story with you over those course of those few months, but uh, share it with everyone else. Take us through how the Denver opportunity came. Before Zach shares that story of how he landed the job out in Denver at 104.3 The Fan, we want to give love to the people that make this show possible. We hope that you can support these types of people that make getting there with guys possible. Johnstone Supply in Troy. Summer is here, and you can feel the heat already here in upstate New York. You can feel the day is getting a little bit warmer and warmer, and Maybe you want to spend some time inside. If you want to stay cool all summer long indoors, the place for you to call is Johnstone Supply in Troy. Ask the team at Johnstone Supply in Troy about their high-efficiency central AC systems and the ductless mini-splits. Goodman, Fujitsu, Westinghouse, and all are in stock and at great prices for you. And you need someone to help install that new system? Johnstone Supply in Troy can help you with that, too. Give our guy Tom a call, Kev, James, Bird, whoever you need to have you swing by. We love the crew at Johnstone Supply and Troy. Always sponsors from day one with us here on Gonzalo Media. 
We love showing these guys some love. They can help you put in that AC unit and help find that cooler place for you and your family and your friends this summer. To stay cool all summer long, call Johnstone Supply in Troy at 518-272-5922. 518-272-5922. Or visit them on 6th Avenue in Troy or check them out at johnstonesupply.com. Stay cool this summer. Johnstone Supply in Troy. And we want to give love to our friends at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, New York. The team at Mohawk Honda can find exactly what you're looking for this summer across the lot. I know you've heard it. New vehicle thanks to Mohawk Honda. Now you can have that same type of bragging right for yourself just by checking out the staff there at Mohawk Honda in Glenville. They're going to search not just their lot. How about the entire eastern seaboard just for you? That's the commitment they have for you at Mohawk Honda. The real opportunity for you is right now, this summer with 2023 vehicles on the way. Now's the time to sell your vehicle, trade in your vehicle. Think about this, Mohawk Honda buys your car. And in some cases this summer, you might be able to sell your vehicle to Mohawk Honda for more than you originally paid for it. The supply chain is still facing challenges, which creates a selling opportunity for you. Wherever you're listening across upstate New York, it is worth the drop to make that cash and put it in your pocket. And Mohawk Honda wants to help you do it. As always, the team at Mohawk Honda wants to help you buy, sell, make that experience so easy for you. You know the names, Cam McKenna, Brian McKenna, Travis Landry, shout out to him, the VIP man, Morales. Everybody can help you do exactly what you need. Find money and get a great ride for the summer road trips on the way. Shout out to Greg Johnson as well. Always killing it over at Mohawk Honda. We appreciate his love as always. Mohawk Honda, Glenville, New York, Freeman's Bridge Road. They want to buy your car. And as always, Mohawk Honda always goes out of their way to please you. All right, Zach, take us through the story. How did you end up from the Kaplan region, Albany, Scotia's own, out in the mountains in Denver and landing that gig at 104.3 The Fan? Tell us the story, man. It's crazy, you know. It's crazy, you know, and 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 so much of life, dude. And you know this to be true. It's just like, like the right person believing you. Maybe the thing you thought was going to happen doesn't happen, but then it happens later, and for a better reason or richer reason, whatever. Um, so, I had actually told my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. I said when when I graduated college. I'm like, I want to give this a real shot. I was working at a car dealership guys. And I worked at the Lex new country Lexus for a year, first year after I graduated. And after doing that for about a year, I'm like, I, I, I really, I want to do this other thing. And I, I told my uh, then girlfriend, I said, like, I'm going to give it 10 years. I'm going to give it 10 freaking years. And slowly over 10 years, we just covered a lot of it. Like I'm like making headway, making headway, but never, never like some, um, total game changer, you know, major market, anything opportunity. It was just like kind of one step at a time and building some respectability in Albany. And that's what I was trying to do. I wasn't necessarily trying to get to a point where I'd be leaving Albany. I was trying to max out my opportunities in Albany so I could pay my bills doing all sports stuff and not have to do any of the extra stuff. Um, and it was in year nine. Um, my, it, this is crazy. I, Roger was out. And he let me fill in solo, which I, which is just interesting unto its own sense, because I think a lot of guys that are used to being the guy when they're out, if their younger guy was like, Hey, I want to go solo instead of going like a co-host, they may be like, who's this guy I think he is, but Roger, <laughs> let me do it. And I had this, you know, rant about Odell Beckham Jr. It was a time where he, I know you remember this well, he was doing the proposing the kicking net and 
trying to kick it, hits him in the face and, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, I had this segment, like I'm done with Odell Beckham Jr. And I have this solo segment and I'm like, all right, let me send this. We had a consultant at the time named Rick Scott and Rick had w- worked in different markets all over the country. And I had this demo and I sent it to him. And um, I said, because he was a consultant, I had his contact and was able to reach out and say, hey, do you mind giving this a listen and just tell me what you think? I'm just trying to get better. That was truly what it was. And he sent me this thoughtful email back and, hey, you could do this. Maybe think about that. But unbeknownst to me, he takes that demo and he passes it along to Armin Williams in Denver, who I had met maybe three years earlier in the story we just talked about. Armin hears it and it's like, oh, this kid got better at open mic radio. Forget play by play. Like he's 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 good at this. Maybe there'll be a good fit for him in that opening in Seattle to work with John Clayton, who just recently passed. Uh, rest in peace, John Clayton. And they're like, yeah, they're looking for a producer and an on-air sidekick to work with him and do a six to seven drive time morning show, kind of update show solo. And we know this dude can go solo. They weren't going to pay a second guy. And I could work with John. I had a break in the show, could produce a show and be on-air sidekick. So they bring me out. I interview um, – I had a really good experience. Two weeks later, they offer me the freaking job. And I'm like, this is insane. It was Valentine's Day. And um, I hang up the phone and Armin calls me almost right away. And he said, did Seattle offer you the job yet? I said, yes. He said, congratulations. And his quote was like one of those beery things saying, I got a good one, Roger. I remember this forever. He said, you know, congratulations. Now I'm really going to muddy the waters. And, I, and I'm like, and I'm sitting in, the, uh, in a firehouse on Central Ave buying uh, roses for my wife but from that fire station up there by like, um, uh, uh, what's the Italian restaurant? Delmonico's. And, uh, and, and I'm, in, I'm at the firehouse. He said, now I'm really going to muddy the waters. And I was just like, did I, like, why would he just say that right now? And he said, hey, uh, I haven't said anything for the last two weeks. I wanted to respect the Seattle process. He said, but ever since I passed your demo along to Seattle, I've listened to 200 demos to be Brandon Stokely's co-host. And he said, in the back of my mind, subconsciously, I'm weighing these other demos up against what I passed along to Seattle. He's like, I think I made a mistake. He's like, your stuff is as good as the best of these guys. He's like, and I kind of know who you are. He's like, I want to fly you out to Denver and just have a conversation with you, have you meet Stoke. I was on a plane the next day. I met Stoke. We did four pretend segments behind the scenes. Um, didn't know it. Armin was listening through another board in another room. Um, and about an hour later, he offers me the job with my name on it, you know, a show with my name on it. Um, and it was, dude, I, I just, you know, I still can't believe the story when I, when I tell it. And I, so I pick up the phone, I step out of the room, I call Seattle and I said, you know, I can't believe that uh, I have to tell you this, Mike. It was Mike Salk there in Seattle. And I said, I, I, I can't I can't take this job. I have this amazing opportunity in Denver. And he said, I knew you're going to call and tell me that. He's like that. He goes, that is a better opportunity. He's like, your name's on the show. He's like, I'm pissed. He's like, I wish you were coming to Seattle. But he's like, go take that job in Denver and kind of gave me like a salute almost. And it was just like, I can't believe this is happening. So like all lot a lot of work and you know you 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 are uniquely you know qualified to talk about it like just what it takes to you know get in media it's a really tough job um 
because so many people want to do it. And there's a new crop of college kids every year who want to do it. So after nine years to have that dream come true of like, no, you don't have to work four jobs anymore. You know, you don't have to do that anymore. You can just work this job and it's full time. You have benefits. And it was just, it changed, changed our life, man. Changed our life. I love hearing that story, man. I still get chills almost five, six years later. I remember my shout out to my buddy, John Burt. I was standing there on the phone with you at his house with a 30 rack in my hand on a Friday night. And I'm like, holy hell, Zach, bye, man. This is unreal. This is the stuff you dream of when you grow up in the sports radio and the industry yeah. and knowing these markets and knowing these names. I do want to go back on a little bit about the audition process there with Stokely, because when you've got the Seattle thing, I guess we can call it the, you know, like in your back pocket, it's been offered, whatever it might be. Does that change your mindset during that audition process with Stokely? Because you were aware who he is. You were aware of the market, Armin. Did you feel more confident, more nervous? Like, what was that four shows like having all this information weighing on you that this is changing your life no matter what happens here? Dude, it, it was so crazy. It was one of the most stressful experiences of my life. Um, I hung up the phone with Armin and listened to the fan nonstop. I don't know if I slept. I just was listening to the station all day long um, on the way out there in the Uber. On the, I mean, it was just the whole, I was like, let me try to get an understanding what Denver even is. Like I didn't you know Denver, Colorado from, you know, whatever, a hole in the wall. So, um, but, but I will say this, there was a little bit of confidence because you reference that Seattle thing. Like I know I have a standing offer from Seattle um, it was the same company. So it wasn't like one company was better than the other, which is really rare that two stations within the same company would be vying for the same guy. That's very unusual. Um, so I, 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 I was, I was, I was nervous as hell because in my heart of hearts, bro, like I knew that if Denver could work out, it would be so much better for a couple different things. I'd be working for Armin, who I already knew and had so much respect for. Um, I'd be closer to the East Coast. You know, that trip to Seattle when they flew me out there was just like, I remember it wiping me out. I was like, wow, you're, you couldn't be further away from home, you know, even though this is going to be your new home. Um, the weather, you know, when I came to Denver, it was the month of February and it was sunny and it was warm. And it was not like I thought when I thought of Colorado, I thought of snow, uh, you know, from like movies and stuff, not not knowing you, know, you get there and they're like, yeah, Colorado has 300 days of sunshine, like more than Miami, Florida. I'm going, whoa, like, whoa, this is like and then you go to Seattle on my trip for Seattle. It was just drizzling, you know, for, for you know, two, three days. So I was just like, it's better weather. I don't care about the market size. Like Seattle's a little bit bigger of a market, but I'm like this Denver has four pro pro teams. Seattle doesn't. Seattle and the basketball team. I'm a big basketball guy. So I knew in my heart of hearts, like if Denver could work out, like that would be the dream. So um, although there was a less pressure because I already had a standing offer, like I approached it as if I didn't, because I was like, I knew, like I said, in my heart that if Denver could work out, that would be a, a, a forever, that could, that could be a forever stop where Seattle, maybe you'd say, maybe I can kill it here, work my way back East with Denver didn't have that feel. When you first start hosting Brandon Stokely, you mentioned the shows were going well. Things felt good in that room together. Yep. That's not always the case for whatever situation it is, whether it's your two buddies launching a podcast or you're working with a partner you've never met before. You've got different backgrounds. That early few months, few weeks, few shows can be difficult. How would you describe your relationship on the air with Brandon Stokely and how that's evolved to what it is now? And we're taping this in July of 2022. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, guys, well, first of all, we got a, we got along as human beings hit the ground running from the day that we met. You know, Stokely and I, he, he's, uh, he's uh, 46. I'm 35. Um, if you're younger, that might sound old. But if you're like, you know, longstanding in the business, you know, 35 and 46, you're still, you kind of, you know, we have hosts that are, you know, 55, 60. So um, we had some similar interest. That's what I'm trying to say. We, because we're closer in age and because we shared a lot of the same interests, um, we both like to, to, to have cold pops. We both like to have cigars. We both like to gamble on sports. We both like to bust each other's balls. Um, it's very locker roomish. And um, I'd say that, so, so at, from a human standpoint, we hit the ground running. And then I say over the years we became, we went from co-hosts who were friends to almost like, friends who are co-hosts um we were at july 4th with their family uh yesterday for a barbecue um 48 hours before we were at the um, coors field together in a box together with uh, both our, our families so and it totally comes through we're the only show that hangs out outside of the show um and 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 the the natural chemistry and genuine relationship we have comes through the number one thing I hear more than anything else. And there really is no second place is your guys, chemistry, your guys, chemistry. It sounds like it's two friends that have been hanging out for, you know, a million years. And um, although that hasn't been the case, it has been almost five and a half years of a lot of good times and stuff. And, you know, the longer you go, you get to draw from references, you know, stuff that happened, you know, on and off the air years ago. And you kind of get to recycle it, repackage it for new listeners and, it's just been great, man. Um, you know, uh, his wife had just texted me this past week. So I sent him a picture from the parade, his son holding, holding my son, his son's 18. And she was like, this is really rare for co-host to be like this. And it is, man. It's, 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 it's a special thing. Special thing. That's so cool. It's amazing to see that come together and have that happen on the air and off the air. It feels so good for people who follow the show, listeners, everybody else. Because you're a student of Sports Talk Radio, because you grew up with it, You've got to watch these changes over the last 20 to 25 years. Have you enjoyed the evolution of sports talk radio? Where do you feel like it is right now as an industry in 2022? Oh, it's just changing. You know, the, 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 the thing I say, um, uh, the only thing that's, that stays the same about radio is that it's always changing. Always, always. Um, whether that's styles and approaches or like fundamentally like more what we're seeing right now um, between, you know, the – it used to be like a highway. Sports radio was like a highway. Owen, can you please be quiet? Daddy's working down here. That, thank you. Um, sports radio was like a highway. And now I feel like it's it, it still is and can be, but it's got like just so many exits of like you're still on the road, but it's kind of a little bit different over here. And over here is like a little bit different. And, you know, with so many platforms, like that's in the past, like it used to be like, you desperately wanted to work for, you know, the, the, you know, the fan here in Denver, the team in Albany, but now, you know, just with the, the spoken word has never been more popular than it is in 2022, which is crazy because we have more options than ever, but we're entering a million new spaces. We're having sports guys host podcasts that have nothing to do with sports. I started listening to Bill Simmons rewatchables, doing, uh, taking old movies and breaking them down and, it's like, wait, I'm listening to Bill Simmons talk about Stephen King's friggin' 1990 misery film. Like, how did I get here? But it's just, it's just so 
um, you know, it used to be a whale and now it's octopus. It's got a million different, you know, legs off of what it used to be. And I mean, look at what we're doing here now, right? You're working for yourself on your own platform, you know, with sponsorship. I know a guy, I know a guy um, that, you know, too, I'm not going to say his name, but he's a guy, he's a younger guy in the business. I have a lot of respect for him, him and his work ethic, his work. And he lost his job recently. And instead of, trying to go get a job at a different sports radio station. He's he's going full board into his already established YouTube channel. And it's just different. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a, a host at one of the major stations in Dallas who just left his post to host his show on YouTube, you know, but, but I'm a believer in that. I, I learned about this in college, like the concept of like the free marketplace of ideas, the best ideas are going to float to the top. The best shows are going to float to the top, whether you're a podcaster, a YouTuber, a a traditional sports talk show host like me. Like if your stuff is banging, people are going to come back for quality content. And um, I although the business is changing, I'm looking at it positively and proactively, you know, with my own social media channels and, you know, all that stuff. So the business is it's a. it's crazy. It's in, it's just in a new space. You're hearing Draymond, you know, talking about new media. It, you know, it's 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 different. It's new, but that doesn't mean it's bad. And I think a lot of people who are more traditionalists that have been around a long time who don't want to see a bat flip, you know, maybe don't like you know some of the change that's happening. Um, guys establishing their own platforms, Barstool, you know, leading the way. Colin Coward with the Volume Network, you know, uh, Bill Simmons with the Ringer. You know, all these all these um, and, and what you're doing here, you know, it's like it's just in a new day. That's why I tell these guys, by the way, guys like young, younger people who are like wanting to get in the business. I was over uh, earlier today at the um, uh, Colorado Media School, which is very similar to I think it's the Albany School of Broadcasting. Right. I don't know if that's still. Yes. there. Yep, it's still there. OK, so we have Colorado Media School, which they I, I, I uh, am an endorser of theirs um, through the radio station. So I read their commercials. But once a quarter, I'll go talk to their class. And I was there today. And one of the things I said is there's no excuse. You can do whatever, like, what do you want to do? You want to like be a podcaster? Well, start your freaking podcast, start your blog, buy internet space, be a vlogger, do have your own YouTube channel, like whatever you want to do, you can be doing it right now. So it's not like it used to be where you had to like, you know, work your way to the microphone at the local, you know, uh, a sports talk station. Like everyone walks around with microphones. And if your stuff is quality content, you're going to build a following. So, and, and by the way, we didn't even talk about this. Like when I graduated St. Rose and I was doing the, the stuff for free um, for St. Rose calling basketball games, I started my own website, buysline.com and was blogging. You know, I wrote, write a blog a day. You know, I bought the internet space, 65 bucks for the year, you know, and, and that's why my Twitter name is still Buysline because that's, those are the roots of it. Like, it's like, no one's going to pay you to do what you want. So start doing it for free and do it at a high level. So eventually someone will take notice and you can get a couple bucks for your work. So there's no excuses anymore, um, you know, for, for, for this generation, you know, coming up, you know, do, do what you want to do and do it at a high level. That's usually how we close it out. The best advice to get where you are. You offered some awesome advice there. Anything else you want to add? Maybe if someone's listening to Scotia as a student at the college of St. Rose to add to more advice of what you would do to get to that spot in your career. I, I would just try to emphasize um, that nothing will replace the work. You know, nothing will replace you being prepared and buttoned up. And, you know, this is 
this is why still to this day, we've had the show Stokely and Zach for five and a half years. I don't know how many, however many shows over a thousand we've done. No one has ever done the rundown for me. I am the only host at the station who doesn't have the producer do their rundown. Like that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make sense for me to have, you know, a 24 year old part-time kid, like creating the three hours of content, do the, put in the work, write out your teases, do your research about the topic you're going to talk about. So you have reference points and people will notice if you, if, if you got your shit together, people will notice in a world of people who don't. So that would be my, that would be my, my, you know, my, my, my two things on the way out is just start doing the job. Like no one, don't wait for anyone to hold your hand, just start doing it. Um, and nothing's going to replace the work. And I don't care how talented you are either. Like I, 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 hear, I hear guys that are talented and they're on the air, but they don't do the work. It's like, if you know, you know. So yeah, that's for me, that's the bottom of the pyramid. Everything else it's predicated on that base is just having some work ethic. Zach by I'm so happy. So proud. So honored to watch this whole thing happen, man. I'm so fired up for you. Keep crushing it out in Denver. Man, next time you're back in the Capital Region, you let me know. We got more stories to share and everything else. Keep crushing it, man. Best of luck to you and Stokely. I really appreciate it. I miss talking wrestling, you know, with you uh, from time to time. Remember we had the As the Heel Turns, you know, podcast that we, you know, started there years ago. Uh, And um, I'm I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing, guys. And, you know, best of luck to you and your family and, you know, continued growth and success, my man. I appreciate you having me on here, brother. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk again soon. Take care. See you guys.